It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM 103.7. If you've got a question for Judy Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. Now, winter is starting to come. The nights are getting a little bit cooler, Judy, and winter grass is coming through. Yeah, and look, you're getting so expert, aren't you? You're, I know you I've look got good... after your lawn, yes. Yes, I you, definitely do. You look after your lawn. So um, have you seen any winter grass coming through? Well, I haven't mowed it, mowed it for about three weeks, so. Oh, right. I haven't had to. Oh, you haven't had to? It's just been dead. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might, I might have made it two weeks ago. Right, okay. And, you know, you've got to raise your mower at this time of year. You don't cut it down really hard and low. Don't you? I just leave the one setting on my mower. <laughs> that is it. I knew that's what was happening. Well, winter grass is this very pretty little green tuft, and it looks like grass. Yeah. And um, it loves to come up, particularly when we've had army grub, and there are gaps in the lawn. And it pops up, and it pops up, you know, and it looks lovely. But then after a few months, it gets seeds all over the top. Oh. And guess what? Those seeds spread. So next year, you might have a 100 times more winter grass. But the worst thing is, Greg, when it dies off in summer, which it does, it doesn't last forever, um, it uh, leaves a big gap in your grass. And that allows a nasty summer weed to get in that little gap. This is explaining a few things. Yes, yeah. So what they need to do at this time of year is get the correct spray and go around before the little white seed heads appear and get rid of it out of the grass. Right, so no winter grass. No winter grass. It will become an entire lawn of winter grass, but it dies off in summer. So then you've got no no lawn. lawn. Right. Yeah. Well, that explains what every now and then you see people with no lawns in summer. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they could be not watering, maybe. It could be that as well. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. So that's the story on winter grass. But when you go home this afternoon, just have a little check. I bet you've got some. I'll have a little. I'll have a look. Okay. So I'm looking for little green tufts. Little green tufts. Little green tufts. Bright green tufts of grass that look look really nice. So you think, oh, I'll leave that there. Yep. But no, don't leave it. So they look nice, but they're not nice. They're not nice people. That's where they no. get. You. That's where they get you. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Michael from Curry Curry. And he's got a question about onion weed. I'm assuming you'd just poison that, wouldn't you, Judy? Uh, well, I wonder where the onion weed is, Greg. If it's in his lawn, you'd probably do it. But <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Judy. And you've Thank got yourself? onion... I'm very well, thank you. You have onion weed in... Am I guessing in the, in the lawn. lawn? Oh, right. Okay. And you've tried everything, haven't you? No. Oh, you haven't? I've tried nothing because I, I vaguely remember that it's uh, quite difficult to to kill. It is. And quite easy to exacerbate. It is. So I thought if that's the case, then better to um, wait until I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, the regular chemicals you'd use, like bindi, etc., you know, clean lawn, they don't touch it. Um, unfortunately, this is the bad news. Uh, the only thing that will get get rid of it would be something like zero, which is glyphosate uh, or Roundup. They're, they're all they're all chemical. Um, sorry, commercial names, but the yep. product is glyphosate. Now, the only problem is, Michael, you can't spray it on 
because if no, you do, you kill everything else. You kill everything else. But if you're really keen uh, and you get a little, you know, small paintbrush and get down on your hands and knees and paint the onion weed with a paintbrush uh, and try and not get it on the grass um, and you'll still get a bit of yellowing happening around. That's the only way you get rid of it. And it will take over if you don't start to work on it. Okay. Can I be a greedy pig and get two for the price of one? You can, but I just can. I'll finish the first one first. Okay. Scott Sharp has a method where he puts on a um, a rubber glove, you know, like a, a surgical glove. He pretends yeah. he's a doctor sometimes, <laughs> and then um, you put a cotton glove over the top, and he dips his finger in the glyphosate, and he wipes it up the stem of the onion weed. So oh, that's, yeah. that's another way of doing it. And um, the reason he does that is because he doesn't get any on the grass at all. Whereas if yeah. you use my method, um, you know, sometimes you do get a bit of dripping going on the grass. So I'm sorry that's bad news, but that's the answer to question one. And now number two is? Number two, I've got um, predominantly Kikuyu, right. which I wish to... Um, progressively replace with cooch, but uh, I don't have the capacity to just um, scrape the kikuyu off and, and get rolls and rolls of cooch. Okay, so you're asking me, how can you do it without getting rid of the kikuyu? Well, without um, shaving it off. Okay, right, look, you can buy cooch seed. Yep. And I would be inclined to wait until spring and uh, and use some cooch seed, particularly if you've got bare patches or dig up some of your kaiku. I generally find kaiku and cooch do get in quite a battle together, though. Um, yeah. Sometimes cooch will win. Um, you know, otherwise, the only other way you can go is um, uh, spray off some areas of the kaiku with your Roundup, and yep. uh, Lee, you, you know, you won't be able to pl put the seed down, though, for a few weeks. No. But okay. otherwise, you know, just try and over-sow with the seed and, um, and you know, let them have a fight together. That's the only way to go, really. Okay. But you will um, find you'll find um, cooch seed available in a packet. Yeah. Oh, beauty. I, I, um, I do rip out the Kikugu runners when I see them um, predominant. Yes, yes. So that I imagine that's only going to help the cooch? Definitely it will, yep. Yeah. I, was, um, I don't know if I'm kicking myself for nothing that uh, our grass died. It was absolutely straw uh, a month or two back. And I thought that would have been the opportunity to sprinkle some cooch seed and then we had all that lovely rain, and then and all the kikuyu came back. The kikuyu came good again, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Now everyone um, uh, tries all these wonderful buffaloes, but, you know, years ago, most of us just had cooch or kikuyu. So, um, uh, anyway, good luck with that. Let us know how you get on. Once you walk barefoot on cooch, there's just nothing. 
choo-choo or nothing. It's just um, nothing else comes close. Well, particularly if it's blue cooch. Yeah. Okay, Michael, I hope well, that's you, helped Judy. you, dear. You're welcome. You have indeed. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, Michael. We've got Alec now from Swansea, and he's got a question about the lemon tree. Good morning, Alec. Good morning. Uh, I have a Eureka lemon tree in a pot. It was producing very well about two years ago. I got over uh, three dozen lemons off it, which was made me very happy. Uh, this season, there are lemons on it. Some are quite uh, average, good average size. But I now find that some of them, uh, particularly the smaller ones, are dropping off just as big, but as bigger just than a grape. Now, what's, what's the problem with that? Alec, have you kept the water up to it regularly? Yes, I have. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, next question is, you didn't get happy and give it citrus fertiliser, did you? Citrus fertiliser? Yes, I did, I think, yeah. Not in a pot. Generally, generally I find even the leaves drop off. Uh Aha. And I get a bit disgruntled with the companies that package these products now. There once was a big sign across the the front of the package, do not use on potted trees. I don't think he's got that on this parcel that I have. I don't you? Well, I, I was unaware of that. Yeah, look, I'm pretty sure it may not have. Uh, I yeah. think it's um, something they've just become a bit blasé about. Uh, but I yeah. can guarantee you, if you've put citrus food around a pot, um, yeah. you'll find it'll defoliate. So, unfortunately, in your case, it's dropping the fruit. It's trying to save itself. But don't yeah, right. because it will come good. Just keep yeah. pumping the water into it, and yeah. it, it will come back better than ever. Yeah, good. Uh, also, also, I'm sorry to take up your time, I have the same little problem with uh, a lime tree. And so... Would this be the same with the lime tree? Yes, if you use that citrus. I haven't had any fruit off the lime tree, by the way. Yeah, and it should have fruit on it still at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It did have, but I can't see them now. Sometimes it comes up with a mass of flowers on it, and I go, oh, whoopee, I'm in for some here, and nothing happens. But then you know what happens. The wind blows. Okay. So I'll offer you a couple of solutions here. They're both in pots, by the way. Yes, yes, I gathered yep. that when we were talking. Uh, yep. Two solutions. One is you can buy a wonderful product called Flourish for fruit trees. And it Flourish. Is Flourish for fruit trees, and it is soluble, so you put it in water. Uh-huh. And that is feeding your tree quite regularly, so you can then you don't have to consider using anything else. And the, oh, right. And to keep your blossom on, you use sulphate of potash. Sulphate. So right. Sulphate I'm of just writing that down. I gathered you might be. I can hear the pen scraping <laughs> yeah. across the yeah. paper. I know, I know, because <laughs> I'm one of these old codgers. I'm over 80 years old, like, you know. Uh, sulphate of potash. Yes, and flourish for fruit trees. Very good, buddy. Ah, well, good. Thank you very much. Good Thank luck you very with that, much. Alec.
Bye. Good. Thank, thank you very much. You're Bye-bye. welcome, dear. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We've got Bruce now from Ellie Barner. He's got some advice about getting rid of Kwakuyu. Oh, let's talk to Bruce. Hi, Bruce. <laughs> Hi, Judy. How are you? Well, thank you, dear. <laughs> the, uh, the gentleman that rang in about the, uh, the conflict, the, the, the battle between the Kai and the Cooch. Yes. Um, a few years back, and actually it's a good time of year. It'll coincide with, um, with the wintergrass issue as well. If you spray Kaikuyu with wintergrass spray, it doesn't like it. It goes yellow and it stops growing. Yes, with the endothol we're talking? Correct. Right. And, and what that does, it allows the cooch, which isn't affected by the endothel, um, to keep going. And it will eventually, if you keep uh, spraying it with the endothel, um, the cooch will be the dominant party and, um, and win out over the kai. Yeah, Bruce, I'm sure on the packet it actually indicates that, doesn't it? It says that it shouldn't be sprayed on uh, Kaikuyu because of, that, of exactly that reason. Yes. It, will, it will, if you uh, consistently use it, um, it'll really slow the Kaikuyu up. Yeah, well, Michael from Curry, I hope you're still listening uh, because that is a really good hint. Uh, it, Bruce, it's probably going to be a bit of an expensive exercise, though, to get rid of the, the whole lawn with the endothel. Yeah, it depends. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, I mean, it depends on how much of it is he's trying to get rid of and the size of the lawn and so on. Yeah. But um, I have uh, one, of, one of my neighbours, he has a Mackay lawn. I have cooch and um, it was infiltrating. Um, every year I just give it a spray now and um, it's, it slows it up enough and the cooch takes back over till the next year comes around. And at the same time, as you pointed out earlier in the show, um, it's a good thing to be spraying for your winter grass now. That's so right, correct. It does, yeah. does both. Well, thank you, Bruce. That's, um, I'm just hoping Michael's still listening. Well, it's worth a try for <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, it's worth a try for him anyway, Judy. So. Yes, thank you, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, maybe he can do patches in, at a time. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it depends where, which one is the thickest and where he wants to use it. So, hmm. Thank you very much, Bruce. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. I uh, love you. the show and good to have you back. Oh, thank you, Bruce. Oh, you know, he's let me out of mothballs again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to get you out in the sunshine every now and then, Judy. <laughs> I know. You know, it's amazing. You would be surprised the cupboard they locked me in at home. <laughs> I don't believe a word of it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much anyway. Thank you, dear. Bye. And we've got Jerry from Belmont, and he's got questions about passion fruit and pineapples. Hello, Jerry. Passion fruit and pineapples. Sounds like Passion fruit and pineapples. Hello, Judy. You're going to make a salad. Well, I don't know about that because there's nothing on them at the moment. But I have two questions. The pineapples, I have three pineapples. And they produce the most beautiful tasting pineapples this year. And now they're throwing lots of little pups off the side of the stem. And can I take, uh, because the pineapples only have one fruit on the plant, can I take those little pups off the side and get them growing again as you would do the top of a pineapple? Certainly, Jerry. Uh, pineapples are in the same family as bromeliads. And right. you know the flower, they get the unusual coloured flowers on them. Yes. And uh, once that flower is ha- has finished, that particular stem tends to die off and it puts little pups out the side. 
and so you split the plant up and you get the little pups so then you've got more bromeliads and the same thing will work with pineapples. Right. So you just take the pup off and um, like I've done in the past, just stick them in water for a while until they grow and, and then replant them. Is that right? Yes, but if you're clever, you might be able to, if you use used a sharp weapon, um, maybe cut down deep enough to see, if, to see if you could get some root. Okay, yep, yep, that's yeah, fine. Because they All should right. be starting to put little roots out. Right. Well, that's the first one. Thank you, Judy. The second one is I've got a, a large, vigorous passion fruit in a pot, in a very big pot. It's thrown lots of flowers, um, most of which have opened, but not all of them. And but I haven't had a single passion fruit out of the whole lot. Jerry, how long has that been planted? Uh, Fifteen months, probably something like that. Maybe eighteen. Yeah, look, um, was it a graft? Yes. Oh, it was a graft. Look, you know, sometimes it's not till their second season that they okay. do actually fruit. Um, right but a graft sometimes would f fruit in the first season. But this year, boy, hasn't it been crazy weather? Oh, you're not wrong. You know, and passion fruit love a nice settled spring. Well, we had that awful late cold westerlies coming through and it was very dry um, yep. so I would consider that's part of your problem but um, do make sure that you fertilize it regularly when they start to come you know in spring when they start to get fruit on again yep and um, I'd be looking at maybe um, something that you dissolve in water like a flourish product okay right yep and, and you know, and I've got quite a few tendrils running all over the place. Can I prune them back or leave them as they are? Look, you can, but you will find that that's where your fruit's going to happen. Okay, yep. Okay, Dave. All right. Okay, so thank you, Judy, for your help. Thank you're you. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Cheers, Jerry. We've got David now from Largsense. He's also got a question about passion fruits. Oh, probably the same thing I'd say, David. Are you not fruiting? Uh, no, I've got plenty of flowers and no fruit, but um, listening to that last gentleman's problem, mine's exactly the same, so I'll try that. Yes, yeah, no, it's, um, look, that you'd think they grow, they would grow like a weed, passion fruit, wouldn't you? Oh, um, mine do, they, <laughs> they grow really vigorous. But then, you know, sometimes all the growth's going into that, rather than into fruiting. So, yep. you know, I didn't say to Jerry, um but uh, he'll probably hopefully, hopefully be still listening. Perhaps if you try the sulphate of potash trick as well. Right, we'll do that. Okay. Um, one, one other little thing, the onion leaf. Yep. Um, mix turpentine with Roundup and drop it in with an eyedropper. An eyedropper. Now, that's really hard work, isn't it? Well, it was a bit easier than a paintbrush. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably um, easier than using a glove as well. It probably is yeah. easier than... And so what happens to the grass around it, though? Does it go yellow? Nothing, nothing. Ah, because the eye droppers like going to the eye doctor and you don't miss the eye. That's it, and you just drop it on, on the, the main stems and it'll run straight down in the middle and gone. Because I had really bad onion weed in the front lawn and everyone thought I was nuts, but that's how you fix it. Well, you wouldn't look nuts, would you, going along with an eyedropper across your lawn, I wouldn't imagine? Oh, it is when you're sitting there doing it and 
Uh, people drive past and go, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt they would be wondering. Maybe you need to put a sign out when you're doing it. Oh, no, then I'll have to do the whole street. <laughs> so now just uh, repeat that recipe again. It was turpentine mixed up with Roundup, wasn't it? Yep, about equal, equal parts. Equal, you equal quantities, right. Yep. Are, we talking, are we talking mixing the Roundup up or using it pure? I just use it straight. I just mix it like 50-50 with straight Roundup and straight turpentine and just an eye drop because you don't need a lot. That way you've got no waste and no overspray. No, okay, yeah, right, thank you for that. That's wonderful advice. Not a problem. Thanks, David. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's pretty sensible, actually. It is. It is very sensible. You could do it with an eyedropper or um, uh, a syringe. Yeah, that mm. could work as well. Yeah, because often when I um, uh, sell a chemical and, and, you know, people five mils throws them straight away. So we have a supply of syringes um, that we give out with the, the chemical. Oh, so very you, handy. you could use that with a Roundup as well. What about a, those things they use to pipe cakes with? Oh, Maybe not. What are they? I don't pipe cakes. Yeah, those things that they put the... Yeah, I yep. know what they are, but you know, you've got to be a cook, haven't you? True. Yeah, not me. That's both out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just stick to the syringe and the eyedropper. I, th- I think we might. <laughs> it's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. If you've got a call, question for Judy Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Chris from Macquarie Hills, and she's got a question about the peach tree. Hello, Chris. How are you? Well, thanks. Um, I just wanted to ask about a column peach tree, it is. Um, and it's, you know, like the skinny one that grows straight up. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, I know the one um, you mean. You can espalier it, it. Oh, can you? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, he hasn't. Um, and it's got, I'm, I think I rang up Scott last time, but I didn't write it down what he said to use, and now I can't remember. Um, it's got a real, on, on the end of each sort of uh, piece comes up each stem sort of thing off the tree, it gets a glue glue sort of a sticky... Um, oh, like a gummy uh, thing, gum. Yes, yes. Right, yes. okay. Would it have been copper oxychloride? Oh, I think it was something like that. Okay, copper um, oxychloride. The, the new shoots come out of from underneath it, but it's just... The pups of nearly on every stem, um, it's got this gooey-looking stuff on it. The best time to treat it, Chris, is probably when it's in dormancy, before the new shoots come out. So you would spray it uh, the last two weeks in July and then the first two weeks in August. Oh, right. The last two in July and, and the last... And the, and the, no, no, and the first and the two start in August. Of August. Yeah, before right. it mm-hmm. starts to really shoot again. Oh, yes, because it doesn't seem to have it on it in the winter no, months, but no. as soon as it starts to get warm, it gets, gets yeah. this on it. Yeah, well, you oh, see, right. it's dormant in the winter because you've lost all your leaves. Uh, so try that, and uh, I'm pretty sure if you use the copper oxychloride, you'll be right. Oxychloride. Copper. Right. Okay. Yep, yep. Good to go. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, Chris. You. Bye. Good. Bye. And we've got Dawn from Katara, and she's got a question about cooch. Hello, Dawn.
Hello, Judy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Do you? Um, you haven't got any answers for us, have you? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I haven't. I've got a question. I've got my little cottage garden at the front of my place, yeah. as um, you know, just a small one. But I've only been in the house for six months. But it has cooch runners that come out of the ground all the time, all around the plants, and I'm forever pulling them out. Is there something I can poison them with? Oh, how big's your garden, Dawn? Oh, probably about three metres by two metres. Have you got many plants in it? Yes, yes. Well, you know, it's going to be a problem, isn't it? I'd suggest you maybe um, bend over a bit and just pull it out by hand. <laughs> well, I do. I do that, but oh. they still keep coming up. Well, maybe because time. you go away on too many holidays. Don't say that. I'm serious. I'm quite serious. I'm not joking. No, I know you're quite serious. Look, I didn't notice any cooch in your garden last time I was there. But No, um, I know you didn't because I specifically it before you got there. Ah, right. But, you know, a a, bending over is great. It's better than going to the gym, you know, for your body. So you I think <laughs> I inherited the cooch, but... I did inherit the cooch, but is there no, nothing I can sort of just wipe on it? Yeah, well, you could do the, the round-up thing. The round-up, okay. Yeah, yeah zero okay. or round-up. But the only thing is, in a small garden like you're discussing, um, mm. it's hard not to get it on the plants. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not home yet, but when I get there, I could be over... <laughs> it might be like a jungle. Well, in that case, maybe you better get the zero out. But, wand. Yeah, but or just think of it as going to the gym. Just keep bending over, pulling it out. Yeah, okay, then. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> Thank the you call, for Dawn. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. Bye. Bye-bye. It's good to see you can get Bixie catch-ups as well here, Judy, as well as give advice. Oh, she's somewhere around Australia, that lady. So <laughs> she must be, um, what do you call it? Um, she wouldn't be listening to us on the radio, would she? Oh, she might be online, though. She must be listening online because she's travelling around Australia in a caravan. Oh. So she's, she's really... She must be listening via online. She must be. She might have the app. She might have the app, She yes. might have. Uh, we've got time for a couple more calls. We've got Ross from Woodville, and he's got advice on how to get rid of Cooch. Hello, Ross. Good morning, Judy. How are you? Very well, thank you. Gee, lawns are popular today, aren't they? Lawns are popular. The only problem with mine is about 150 acres. Oh. Pitch <laughs> well, grass is a problem to us around the boundary fences. We use about six litres of Roundup to the hectare to control it. Right, yep. Criteria is extremely susceptible, uh, susceptible to Roundup. So the gentleman could probably work out some sort of a ratio, but we would take, we would take uh, criteria out with probably about half a litre. Right, right, with Roundup. With Roundup, yeah, yeah. glyphosate. Glyphosate, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and Ross, no doubt you, um, you buy it in bulk form, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> if you've got that much land. Yeah. Uh, did, were you listening a little bit earlier when um, the yeah. gentleman rang with some Bruce from Ellie Barner and suggested um, um, he sprays with wintergrass killer? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was in- I thought that was interesting advice too. Yeah, 
But the trouble is, you know, once you um, uh, you've got to wait after you spray with a Roundup, and I think he's uh, Michael from Curry is wanting to do it in little patches. Yeah, um, just wait and yeah. then, then do his seeding a little bit later. But it does not take much Roundup to kill Crikea. Right, OK. Well, that's good. I hope you're still listening, Michael. Um, so um, uh, it's economical as well as it works, Ross. Every word, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. OK. You're not out mowing today, are you? I am. Oh, are you? <laughs> and listening at the same time? Uh-huh. I've just pulled up in the middle of 30 acres. There you go. Oh, 30 acres. You'd be working hard. Oh, yeah. If someone's in your hand, that'll be right. That'll be better than bending over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I thought, you know, a little bit of vice bending over instead of going to the gym might work for Dawn, but... Um... Oh, look, I'm cheaper. <laughs> yes, it is, that's for sure. Well, thanks for the advice, Ross. Okay, Dawn. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, thanks, Ross. It's Guarding Talk back on 2 and you RFM. Now, Judy, you mentioned earlier it was an interesting word before. Oh, you've forgotten it already. I've forgotten the word already. Disbudding. 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 Right, which I'm assuming is getting rid of buds? It is. There you go. See, it's quite easy, but you'd be surprised um, after I write my column for the weekly, yep. how many people will ring and say, what, what's disbudding? Uh, Japonica camellias that are about to flower in winter, they seem to set a group of buds and often they don't want to open and flower because they're packed in tight against one another. So the secret is about now to go around, and if you've got, say, three or four buds in one group, like a bunch of grapes, yep. uh, disbud. In other words, take off a couple of buds. Right. So you can take off one or two, you can leave two on there, you can leave one on there. Uh, and you would know, listeners would know, because last season they will remember which trees, which japonicas, didn't flower and open. So that they know if they go around and disbud now, they probably will get the flowers to open. Right. So disbudding, just take a couple. Take a couple. That yep. is it. Well, Judy, we're nearly out of time for this week. We are, yeah. That went um, rather quickly, didn't it? Rather quickly. If you've got anything else you'd like to throw to or...? Uh, yeah, look, we should talk about spring bulbs, if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. Um, a lot of people at this time of year put them in their crisper in the fridge. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we do that? To keep them fresh. <laughs> oh, of course, Greg, of course. No, no, it tricks them. They think they're under the snow. Right. Yeah, because in the Northern Hemisphere, all the bulbs pop up in spring from under the cold ground. So that's what you do. You put them in the crisper for a couple of weeks before you plant them. But you will be surprised how many people forget they've put them in the crisper. And so, leave them there. And leave them there. So to all you listeners, get the bulbs out of the crisper. They should be planted by the end of May. Right. And whenever you plant bulbs, you always feed them. And then you feed them on emergence as well. On emergence. On emergence. Which means when they first start to come up. Pop their little heads up. Yep. I'm learning something every week. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm getting better. You are, of course. Look, I mean, your lawn's growing. Oh, for the moment it is. B <laughs> bits of it are. I've worked out why, there's, why, there were, why there are big patches in the lawn. I've, I've worked that out today. <laughs> We've had a lawn day. Mm. A long day. A very lawn, long day. Yeah. 
I'm very surprised. We had a lot of questions, at least six about Warren. Well, we did, yes. Uh, Michael from Curry, he opened the um, floodgates, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah, I hope he rings us and lets, lets us know how what happens. Yeah, yeah, how he got on. Yep. It'd be very interesting to see. Judy Sharp, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Greg. I'll see you next week. Yes, you will. Sorry about that. That's fine. Good. Okay, see you then. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.